It's called Tangled, and I think it's pretty appropriate for where we're at right now and what all we're facing and dealing with, And because it's easy to get, what, distracted by things. It's easy to get just life gets right here, right? And it seems like nothing else we can see. And, and, and so last week I shared with you this idea and just kind of the thought of that we are like frontline workers, if you will. We're on the front lines because the Bible tells us multiple times and it gives us the, the example that we are in a battle. Well, you know, in a battle, there are frontline people. We would, in our uh, setting here in, in our environment in the United States, we have what Marines, those are the front lines. They're at the very forefront of the battle. And yet that's who we are as believers in the earth is that we are to be frontline workers. And part of what that means is that we go where the help is needed when it's needed the most. You know, and I shared with you last week and my mind immediately goes back to 9-11, you know, that I, I can remember watching the video. And I mean, like most of you, I could tell you exactly where I was that morning. And I know exactly where I was when I watched the second plane fly into those buildings and just watched on the news in bewilderment, really, at what I was watching and seeing. And yet there were all of these people, when everybody else started to run away, that they started to run in. Those are frontline workers. Those would be our firemen. Those would be our police. Those would be, you know, medical workers. Those, it's all of these people that we consider frontline workers. Well, guess what? That's who we are. It's really who we're called to be as believers. And yet in moments like this, in times and seasons like what we're experiencing right now, it's easy to lose sight of that and forget what we're actually here to do, which is we are here to make a difference in people's lives. Is that our life is not just for us or about us. Is that we exist for what? For the kingdom of God and to point people to Jesus. That's why we're here. And, and, so, and so I shared with you last week about this. And how do we do this? Is that we keep in mind why we're here, number one, but also who we represent. Because we're not just representing ourselves. We're actually representing Christ, who is our savior, right? Is that our whole goal and our whole purpose is to help introduce people to him. Not just so that we can say, well, I prayed with somebody else to go to heaven. No, that's somebody's eternal destiny is now changed. It's not just that simple. It's just, well, you know, I just wanted to share Jesus. You're impacting the way somebody's life experience will be forever. And so it's a huge impact. You know, the Apostle Paul encourages us in Ephesians 5, starting at verse 15. He says, so be very careful how you live. Not being like those with no understanding, but he says to live honorably. And we'll look at a scripture here that we looked at last week in a few moments out of 2 Timothy. But it says that we are to live honorably. But this passage here, is to say, well, okay, so that means to live with honor. Honor of what? The, the, the proper question is really the honor of who? I want my life to honor God. I, I'm to live honorably in a way that brings honor to the Lord. And so how do I do that? By walking in the understanding in the light of what Scripture tells me on how I am to live. So he says, to live honorably with true wisdom, for we are living in evil times. 
He says, take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purposes. I'm not just living for what I want. My whole life is really for God's purposes in my life. Doesn't mean that I don't have desires. Doesn't mean that I don't have things. But what it says is that God's desires are more important than my desires. Like if it really comes down to what do I want or what does God want? The decision should already be made. Why? Because I'm not my own. The Bible says I've been bought with a price. In other words, there's not as many options sometimes as we may think. Not if we're going to live in light of God's word. If I'm going to honor God, that means I have to what? Give of my will. I don't know if you've ever had that where the Lord asked you for something and you said no. You ever had one of those moments? Like, or I don't, maybe it wasn't no, maybe it was just, I don't want to do that. I would prefer not to, you know, maybe it was that. It's like, if there be any other way, Lord, like, can we negotiate? Can we go another route? Could, you know, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. And, but yet if I'm going to live honorably before the Lord, it means that I give, I yield to him. Is that it's about what he wants. Why? Because anytime that God gives us an instruction, he has a blessing in mind even if we don't see it. But it, it goes on here as it says, we're to take full advantage of every day, of every opportunity that we spend our life for his purposes. It goes on and says, don't live foolishly for then you will have discernment to fully understand God's will. In other words, walk in wisdom. Well, what is wisdom? It's God's word. It's God's ways. Anytime that we question or wonder things and how's this going to play out, our responsibility is not to figure it out. Our responsibility is to walk it out. And many times when in in my experience with the Lord, figuring it out typically doesn't work. Because even when I figure it out and I've got a plan in mind, God's going to do, might do the same thing, but he will do it a different way. So all of my figuring and analyzing and sorting, it's kind of a waste of time. Now, I like maps. I like to look at maps. I like globes like those. Like, why can't God just say, you're here and I want you over here? That would be awesome. Except God doesn't say that. God says, David, take a step. And once you take that step, I will talk to you. But God, it would be so much easier if you just tell me how to just let me go to the end. And he's like, yeah, but what you will do is you will shortcut it. And there are things that I need to teach you on the journey between here and there. That if you shortcut it, you will miss what you need to grow. See, God's not so interested as much in the destinations that he has for us as much as he is for the process that what? Will keep us there. When we shortcut stuff, we get compromised. And what God's purpose is will never be able to be fulfilled because we've shortcutted some things. And so we need wisdom. Wisdom. 
We need God's ways. We need God's understanding. I mean, like, you need wisdom right now dealing with contractors. Like, well, how do you deal with that? It's called peace. That guy sounded good, but something just don't seem right. I don't know. But when I talked to this guy, I just, there was a peace. That's wisdom. (laughs) You need to pay attention to that little something that says, "Mm, doesn't feel quite right. That's living according to God's word. It's listening to your spirit, man. The message translation of verses 15 through 17 here says, so watch your step. I like this. He says, use your head. Sometimes I I say it this way, is that God gave us a brain and he expects us to use it. (laughs) You know, it's not just about, well, how I feel. No, like God gave us some mental capacities and he expects us to use them, not to just rely upon them. But it says, use your head, make the most of every chance that you get. He says, these are desperate times. Don't live carelessly or unthinkingly. In other words, don't kick into autopilot just saying, well, I'm going to make it through this season. I'm going to make it through this time. He says, make sure that you understand what the master wants. Even during this time. Because I realize we all have moments where we can get overwhelmed with everything and all the decisions that we're having to make and all the, the turbulence of the moments. But even in the midst of all that is on our plate, God still is working. And God still has a plan. God still has a purpose. And we don't want to forget about it. We don't want to just kick into autopilot and just kind of exist through this time. And then six months from now, wake up and realize the missed opportunities that we had. Because they will be too late. There are God opportunities for us to seize upon even right now. Now in 2 Timothy chapter 2. This is last week I shared this scripture with you about. And this is really the focus if you're the main kind of launching point for this series. In 2 Timothy 2.4 it says soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life. For then they cannot please the officer who has enlisted them. And so we talked about this last week, but I want to read you the verse that precedes that in, 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 chapter, in, in verse 3. Now, I'm just going to tell you up front, you're not going to like this scripture. So there's my disclaimer. So 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 3, it says, You, therefore, must endure hardship. I got one boo. That's about right. If you didn't say it, you're probably thinking it. You must endure hardship. I don't like that verse. God could have said a lot of other things right there and just left that part out. And that would have made me really happy. But yet it says that we must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I don't like enduring. I don't like walking through stuff. I don't like having to fight through stuff. And yet here, Paul tells Timothy, you must endure hardness. But I don't want to. Give me the rainbows, the butterflies. Give me the easy life. 
Why does there have to be challenges? Why do there have to be hurricanes? Why does there have to be illness and sickness? These are not tools of God to teach us things. These are the results of sin and that we live in a fallen world. That is the reality. And so we have some experiences, but yet even in spite of these things, the wisdom here from scripture is endure hardness as a good soldier. Now I know that we don't like that scripture, but the Bible does call us multiple times that we are to be overcomers. How many of you realize without a challenge, without some hardness, there's nothing to overcome. So we like, oh, I'm, I'm more than an overcomer. Like we like that verse. Like we put that on the wall, you know, like put that on a plaque. Like, you know, I'm more than, an over- yeah. But at some point we have to live that. And to live that means that we have to endure. In other words, that we can't quit in hardness. We have to endure it. And it doesn't mean just suffer through it. It actually means to grow through it. To develop, to allow God to develop in you his purpose and his plan. And what he's needing to do so that you can do what you've been called to do. Nobody likes this. But I've been serving the Lord for over 20 years. And I can tell you this is that pain has been an unbelievable teacher because I don't forget the lessons. And I've seen God be so faithful in some of the most challenging and hard and difficult seasons in my own life that when I walk into moments like what we're experiencing right now, I'm not as moved because I can remember at my darkest when God was still faithful. And I can rely back to that and say, God, you were faithful to me then. I know that you'll be faithful to me now. This is how I endure. This is how I fight hard to deal with hardships. But yet we can get distracted just by trying to survive the moments, not paying attention to really what God wanted to do in our hearts. You know, sometimes if we're not careful, we will have the mindset of, well, I'm just going to pray it away. God, just make it stop. Make it stop. Just, I'm going to pray, like sprinkle some angel dust on it and done. Right? But yet, when we see the pattern of scripture, especially when you go look at Psalms, I love Psalms because David and and the other writers, they were just honest. Like, Lord, where are you? (laughs) Like, why have you forsaken me? Just let me die. You know, I mean, they're really just very honest, very real, very transparent about things. But what we see through their life is that they prayed honest prayers, but they didn't stop at their feelings. They prayed through their circumstances. So we can't just pray that all of our circumstances are just going to go away in a moment. We can pray through our circumstances that God is developing his character in us. In the midst of every season. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6. In verse 10. I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. But it says here that. And I want you to hear. And really to read it. It's up on the screen for you. But it says. We may suffer. Yet. We may have some hardness. 
Yet, in every season, we are always found rejoicing. Now, if you want an interesting study, go look at the life of Paul. You want to, when Paul wrote Endure Hardness, he, he, he was well-educated. He had the PhD in hardship. I mean, he, he knew what he was talking about, and that wasn't a casual, flippant statement that he made. And yet here he is saying that even when I go through hardness, even when I may suffer, I still always am found rejoicing. Philip talked about this earlier. As we were worshiping, he said that the enemy can take a lot of things, but what he cannot take from you is he cannot take your joy. He cannot take your peace, but you can forfeit that to him if you want. But he cannot take it from you. And yet here it says, we may suffer, but in every season we are found rejoicing. He says, we may be poor, yet we bestow great riches on many. He says, we may have nothing, yet in reality we possess all things. In reality, we may, we may be dealing with some struggles, we may be facing some things. And it's easy to get trapped in that mode It's easy to begin to feel sorry for ourselves, right? I mean, let's be, has anybody else felt sorry for yourself in the last eight weeks? I got like six honest people in the room. That's awesome. There are moments where we say, God, this isn't fair. Right? I mean, like every time I get on the the internet now, I'm like, I hope there's not another storm. Because it's already happened to me once. Actually, it's happened to me now twice where somebody says, hey, have you seen that? And I'm like, what storm? Now it's just kind of laughable, you know. It's like, oh. But yet we can what? We can kind of want to get into our feelings too much. And look, there's nothing wrong with feelings. We're not robots. God gave us feelings. He has feelings. He has emotions. But we're not to be led by our emotions. We need to feel. I mean, we can't have compassion for others if we don't feel. But yet we have to be careful to not what get entangled, to not get trapped up in our feelings, in our emotions, in our own pity party. I'll let you have one for about five seconds. You know, five, ten seconds and just say, okay, Lord. You can have longer than that, but when you're on day two, when you're on day three, when it's week two, you're now setting a pattern up that is setting you up for destruction. There's nothing wrong with being overwhelmed. The question is, what do you do with that? I want to go to God and say, okay, God, I don't have the strength for this moment. I I am overwhelmed and this is too much for me. But in you, I can be made strong. In you, I can have wisdom. In you, I can come to a place of a resolve that I'm not left just to me. See, this is how we live during turbulent times, during moments like this. I thought it was interesting when I I looked up the word tangled and one of the definitions was complicated. I'm like, that's pretty accurate right now. Life is complicated. 
And there's a lot that's going on and there's things you're being pulled in all these different directions. And then, you know, you're trying to figure out what do I do first and how does this go and how does that go and when's this going to happen? I'm tired of waiting on this person and why can't they just call me back? And they were supposed to be here two weeks ago, (laughs) you know. And yet it can get very complicated, but yet in the midst of that, we can actually begin to lose the very things that God wants to do in us. See, God doesn't cause the destruction, but he will use the destruction for our good. That's what the Bible says. What he will turn the, what the plans of the enemy what he intended for evil, this is what Joseph said, what, what you've intended for evil, God has turned about for my good. Amen. What the enemy meant to steal, God's going to use to raise you up. But it takes that, that attitude of faith and that, that, that focus of saying, God, I'm going to stick to your word. I'm going to stick with, with what you, you've said to me. I mean, one of our values around here is simplicity. If life is complicated, right? That's what we say, is that life is complicated enough, serving God shouldn't be. We got to keep it simple. God, the, the word of God is not complicated. Salvation is not complicated. It's really not. We try to complicate it. Like, what does it mean to be saved? It's really simple. It means that you acknowledge that you sinned And you turn away from your sin to follow God. Is that complicated? It's pretty simple. It's not complicated. We complicate it. And life has a way of being complicated. But yet God does not want us to live a complicated life. Doesn't mean that we don't face things. Doesn't mean that we don't walk through things. But it is about keeping our attention and our focus where it needs to be. I shared with you last week this statement. And I want to share with you again is that we are not human beings that are having a spiritual experience. We're not just humans who connect with God spiritually. It's it's actually the reverse of that. Is that we are spirit beings that are having a human experience. Why? Because your spirit man existed before you were born. And after you cease to breathe, your spirit man will continue to exist. So there's this little space of time that we call life, which is just a small portion of our existence. And the Bible says our eternity will be spent in one of two places. And that we ought to live this life with our eternal home in mind because it would shape and form the way that we live now. Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse 11 says that God has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. And he has planted eternity. The Amplified Bible adds a sense of divine purpose in the human heart is that God has created a space on the inside of every one of us that says that there is something beyond this life. I came across this quote this week and I thought it was really cool. It's from C.S. Lewis. And he says, the fact that our heart yearns for something that earth can never, or cannot supply is proof that heaven must be our home. 
Man, I don't know about you, but I've had seasons and moments of my life, and right now is not one of those, where everything seems to be working naturally. But yet there's still this dissatisfaction, like it wasn't enough. What is that? That's because this life will never give you fulfillment. You can have all the stuff you want. You can have the house you want, the car you want. You can have all the stuff and yet still not have the most important thing. Is that we are called, what? To to a future home. That's why Jesus said, when he talked to the disciples, right? He says, I'm going to leave so that I can go, what? Provide for you a home to come to. And we need to live our lives with this in mind. And so we don't want to get pulled away from the truth that God has a purpose, that God has a plan, that he is working in the midst of all that's going on right now in our hearts. And he wants us, he wants to use us and to utilize us to impact people around us as well. But we can lose focus because we begin to get overwhelmed. Because we we have so much coming at us that we forget the very reason that we're here. You know, at the end of our life, there's two words that you want to hear. When you stand before the Lord, there's only two words that are going to matter. And there won't be a, a, a lot of yeah, buts to be said. The only thing that's going to matter are two words, which are well done. Well done. That's what matters. That's what's going to count. You know, and the other morning, a couple mornings ago, I was, I woke up and I don't know, it was about four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, which is not typical for me. And, uh, I'm not an early morning person, but I do have it happen. It's not, I'll say this way. It's not uncommon that I will wake up in the middle of the night and I'll have a thought that's just kind of on my heart. And that happened to me this week. You know, so I wake up, whatever time it was, and and and, it, and so here was the, the thought, and, you know, I believe it was from the Lord, but I can't say absolutely, but sometimes I think I have to go to sleep so that my mind will quiet down so that when I first wake up, the Lord's like, here you go. Like, you hadn't been listening all day, so i got to wait for you to go to sleep to listen. It's just That's my theory. But this is what I felt like the Lord kind of just dropped in my heart in the middle of the early morning one day said, just because your plans have changed doesn't mean that mine have. Just because your plans have changed doesn't mean mine have. I mean, I know nobody, nobody, I don't care. Stephen King, the the darkest horror film writers would never write 2020. (laughs) Like, it's a bad script. Like this should never be made as a movie. You know, like this is just a horrible, like, you know, but just because our plans and our calendar and our things and, and our timelines change doesn't mean that God's plans have changed at all. Not one bit. And sometimes I think we need to be reminded of those things. Like, number one, it's good to be reminded that we're not in charge. We're not in control. As much as we want to be, we're not. But I do trust the one who can control everything. Now, he doesn't always do it the way I want, when I want, how I want. I mean, if he would ask me, I would tell him. He just doesn't seem to care. 
But following the Lord now for the years that I have, I can see where his purposes and his timing and his plans were right. Even though I thought they were wrong. My man, God, you missed this one. See, we want to live our lives, what? For the glory, exactly what it talks about is that we want to please the one who has called us, the one who has enlisted us into the service. We are those frontline workers, but we don't want to be frontline workers on vacation. I mean, can you imagine you go to a war zone, like a physical war zone, and the guys in the trench, they're all suited up, ready to fight. Then you go a little ways down and there's a guy's got a little umbrella set up, a little beach chair, got his flip flops and his swim trunks on. And how many of you would agree that's not a wise look for the battlefield? Flip flops aren't great for running, first of all. And there's not going to be much defense from an umbrella when things start flying. And yet as believers, it's easy for us to kind of slip back forgetting why we're here. Just with the cares of this life, all that we have going on, and yes, it's all there, and yes, it's all real, and, and yes, we have to deal with it all, but we don't want to forget the purpose of what we're called to do and why we're here. And so this morning, I want to encourage you, and I know it's not one of those scriptures that make you want to jump up and shout and get excited, but the Bible says that we are to endure hardness as a good soldier. Not just suffer through it, we want to grow through it. You know, I shared with you last week is that at the beginning of the year, we did 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I encourage you to, to pray and ask the Lord what, you're, what, what he wanted to do in your life this year. You want to know what my word was for this year? You're going to laugh. Stability. A steadying. And I'm like, Lord, either you didn't say that. Or my 2020 doesn't match up to that. I'm not sure which one. But yet, if I go back to that, I'm like, okay, Lord, this is what you put in my heart in January. So what does that look like on November 15th? See, there are things that, that, that God's plans and purposes, the things that he drops in our hearts, they don't change. It's just part of God's plan for us. And so, but we have to what? Have the focus and that ability to say, God, I'm not going to move away from the very thing that you've called me to. And I'm going to step into it. And I'm going to lean into it. And I'm going to learn. And I'm going to extract the wisdom out of everything that I'm experiencing so that I can do the very thing that you've called me to do. That is the plan of God. But we can't do that if we're always just caught up in this life, right? Don't be the guy with the umbrella and hanging out on the front lines. 
Be the person that's ready, that's saying, God, I'm ready to submit to you, to your will and to your plan. So I want to pray over you this morning. I want to just take a moment here and, and just pray for you. Because I know that there's a lot of things that we can all deal with and face. And yet that the Bible says is that we can't have the peace that passes all understanding in every environment and every situation. And so I want to pray for you this morning. Because I know that it's not easy to endure. It's not fun to endure. We want to hit the ejector seat and just. But yet there are lessons in the middle of it all. And so I want to pray that we have eyes to see and hearts that are receptive to the wisdom and to the the things that God is trying to shape and to build in us even during these times. So, Father God, I thank you so much. Father, for today.